I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Another episode of Thriving Matters podcast with an absolutely gorgeous gal, Junie Baptiste Podeman is, and I, I do apologise if I haven't pronounced that quite right, Junie, um, is our guest today. And uh, you're going to be in for an amazing story all about thriving and how she's actually used that notion of being able to manage all the ups and downs of life to such great purpose. So welcome, Judy. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much. I'm feeling really great. Um, thanks very much for having me on your podcast. And uh, yeah, quite excited about this conversation. Well, the aim of this is to talk to ordinary guys and gals who are doing extraordinary things in life and work. And, you know, we all have to meet our day-to-day challenges, um, appointments, things that we really want to do meet some of the blocks that that stop us doing something or hold us up um but i i love this is one of my loves is to talk to people who have got some great strategies in place and a real purpose because you know i often people often hear me say we're in the box a long time and we only get one life so this is over to you now you have got a great smile so tell me how did you get out of bed this morning what was the incentive? <laughs> the incentive this morning was that um, I knew that I needed to swim. So I knew that I had to go like fit, like do a training session. So I train and I, I train to do, to complete Ironman 70.3. So there's a half the distance of a full Ironman. And because of the fact that like I've seen progress in my swimming although it's taken me three years it's the fact that I'm still wanting to know how far I can go and that's the thing that kept that keeps me going and it's the thing that got me up this morning oh I love this and listeners it's very funny because we always have a little pre-conversation before we we do the recording and um you know, Junie said, you know, that she'd been out swimming and I said, oh, how much, how far did you go this morning? And she said, oh, 200, uh, 2,200, uh, 2,200 metres. Um, and I said, oh, ocean or pool? And she said, oh, pool. Um, and so that, and I said, so we talked about that because I know that you're a, an Ironman candidate and, and what you're up to with your training. Um, but I also shared that the fact that I'd had a walk hopped on the bike when I got home to just to top it all off and then decided that I was going to get into our backyard pool. And I can tell you in the last two weeks, the temperature has significantly dropped. So I decided to get in. And the funny thing was we've both been in a pool this morning. So a little bit of synergy. 
I did nothing, I can tell you right now. It was a dip. It was a cold dip with some, with some lunges under the water. And that's what I used to help with lactic acid and all that sort of stuff, but just to feel great. But I'm in awe. I'm in awe of anyone who's training for either triathlons, marathons, but you're doing Ironman. Holy dooly. Why do you want to do it? Tell me what it is. So it's interesting because I don't come from a like um, endurance sports background. Uh, as a kid, I used to do figure skating. I used to do ballet, um, basketball, soccer. And it was actually a few years ago, a friend of mine <clears throat> um, was training with me to run uh, a marathon, the Oluru Marathon in Australia and uh, in the Northern Territory. And uh, COVID happened, I broke my toe and he was like, hey, like I've always wanted to like do an Ironman before I'm 50. I'm like, what the hell is an Ironman? So I started, uh, I Googled it and I saw the distances and I said, can we start with half because I can barely make it to one lap of a swimming pool. <laughs> and so like, you know, and then so, you know, we trained for a whole year, completed my first Ironman and then Ironman 70.3. And then I completed my second Ironman 70.3 about a month ago. And what has kept me going and why I do it is because what I've learned is it's not just the sport itself. It's the mental endurance that I gained from the training. Um, it's learning how to deal with challenges and overcoming them. It's learning to be patient, especially, like I said, swimming. I don't come from a swimming background. Like I've never learned. I've learned how to swim a little bit, but like I've had incidences where I've um, drowned a few times in the ocean. And so it was this constant push to think, you know what, even if you're not getting to, you know, um, being able to become a good swimmer as fast as you want to, just learn from the progress. Like keep moving forward, even when you think you're not. Yeah. And so all of these lessons that I'm learning through triathlon, through training, I actually apply it with my entrepreneurship, with my business, with my personal life. And so that's what keeps me going every morning. And I train <laughs> every day. So every day you train well done you yeah well done I um so one of the things I, I can tell you that I did do for my 50th birthday it was significant time in my life um I walked the Kokoda Trail up in Papua New Guinea and it's where the Australian um soldiers actually fought the Japanese so during at the end of the second world war um, and so there's there's quite a, a trail, some people call it a track, but a trail with significant places of particular um, uh, skirmishes and battalions and, and, you know, significant things during the war. And um, <laughs> my family said to me, are you star craving mad? <laughs> Probably, but I'm going to do it. I need to do it. I want to do it. And it was because of... Um, me being totally involved in the life of our, bringing up our four children, um, that sort of thing. And there were major changes, you know, leaving home um, or, or, you know, different, someone was getting married, someone was moving out, all that. And so my life had been all wrapped, had been wrapped up in, in them. And uh, so I just went, oh, wow, you, you actually need to do something for you. You actually need to work a few things out. You want to get rid of a, a bit of stuff. You need to actually continue to grow and become something something else now. Um, how are you going to do it? So I just went, you know what? I'm going to do it. I, I want to do it. I wanted to say thank you for bringing up four children in a free country. That was my main aim. And those soldiers, I mean, heavens knows, once you're up there, you think, how did they survive? How did they 
absolutely superhuman feats. And I'm thinking, well, Carrie, you are so lucky. You have been born in a free country. Who would have thought that your your family would have been here? We've had all, lots of opportunities. So you go and give thanks. So uh, so that's what I did. And um, I, I now look back on it as quite significant that that's what I did. It was the first walk I ever did. I lost seven toenails and I had no skin on the back of my heels for the eight days. And I lost 10 kilos walking over the eight days. And one night wow. I, I could have totally gone down the side of the mountain range it was monsoonal rain so there was a there was a big experience that was going on <laughs> but wow. for me the reason I share that with you is because I suspect doing the the Ironman when you're in it um they that's what comes up when you you push when you continue to do something when you think I don't think I can go any further I don't think I can get on yeah yeah and you're right especially that last bit that you said you know I don't think I can get on and it's interesting because like it's we're actually blocking ourselves from doing it um you know and that's also something I've learned it's to recognize that at the end of the day that's my mind I can control my mind to decide like keep going because the body will just follow uh and so it's the same thing right like with business you think you know just keep going like especially when the times are tough and it's trying to, and you have to get creative. You have to get creative to keep going. And that's exactly what happened to me um, at the last half Ironman. Like I'd been injured for a whole year and like a week before I was um, limping. And I thought, you know what? Like I just, I, I had, because I had also changed my goalpost um, like a few months before saying from thinking, oh, I'll finish a half Ironman in six hours to just make it to the start line injury free. Like I already had that mindset of thinking I'm there already. And so throughout the whole um, race, you know, my swimming went really well. I cut in like, I, I cut time, my time in like by 15 minutes. So instead of 59 minutes for my first half Ironman, I finished it in 44 minutes. So I was like, yay, this is great. I knew that the bike and the run, I'd have troubles, be, trouble because of my injuries. And so when I got to 50 Ks into the bike, like the injuries came back, the pain came back and I had to go, you know what, just stay positively minded the whole time. Mm. And then same thing happened with the run at 13 K. My body was just like the pains again, they kept going. And I was like, no, stay mental, like positively minded. And it's only when I crossed the finish line that I let myself like feel the emotions. And I like spiraled into this, like, you know, downwards, <laughs> downward emotion. <laughs> Yeah. emotional uh, feelings just because of the fact that like I decided in that time just keep pushing through like get to the finish line and just get there and just learning how to do that in other aspects of life also helps with you know every other aspect of your life too you can transfer those skills yeah. um, into other aspects of life so, oh. yeah, I highly recommend finding something finding something that, that that you find is difficult and just try and just keep yeah. going and yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll see you'll see the benefit of it once you finish <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I have a an, another um, friendship uh, and colleague in Melbourne um, Alexandra Andre and she's written a book called The Power of Possibility um, mm -hmm. and so she's also uh, one of those is a marathon runner as well so I'm I'm just remembering some of the bits of the conversation that we had together when we we did a podcast and there's similar things that come through um, 
But the notion of being part of a community and being cheered on by people who don't even know you but admire what you are doing, I think is is quite stunning when you think about the power of that to actually help you with with the mental. Because um, that's what I that's what I thought. Uh, people asked me when I came back um, said. How did, how did you actually do it? And I said, well, I'm not, I wasn't the fittest there, for sure. Absolutely. I was slower than some of the others. So what did I have to do? I said, I, I started an hour early. You know, on some days I'd start an hour early. I'd, um, but I said, it's all, for me, I said, it wasn't just the physical. It was actually the emotional and, and the cognitive that, that we, we actually had to work through. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Junie, you are absolutely stunning. So listeners, I want to tell you a little bit about Junie's background. Um, Junie's um, Haitian origin, but born in Canada. So when you heard her talk about her ice skating, figure ice skating, you're probably thinking, where, where is this woman from? Um, you're, uh, you, you classify, you, you say you're a black woman with five languages on the tip of your tongue. Very envious. So that's that's just a major gift. That's a major gift. And you know, you've got a BA in um, community policy and public affairs from Montreal, uh, from Concordia University of Montreal, um, an MA in public policy and management from Murdoch University here in Australia. And um, you really believe that if you understand the systems in which you live and how they dictate what you'll benefit from or miss out on, then you can design and imagine endless solutions to your wildest dreams. And I think that's why you're so interested in the Iron Man. <laughs> so, so um, tell us about some of those wildest dreams that um, that have come up for you in your in your life so far. Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, right? I'm Haitian origin, and so, I mean, my name is not a common name, right? Junie uh, Baptiste Poitevier. A lot oh. of people are like, "Oh, where is it? Like, it's French, or like, where is it coming from?" And I think for me, my wildest dreams is to be able to get to that point in life or in business where, you know, you see a foundation uh, or a philanthropy with a name like mine, um, that it becomes something normal. Uh, also, just another like other wild dreams that I've had was um, so like like you said, I, I studied in Montreal, so I'm born and raised in Montreal. My parents are from Haiti and they moved to Canada um, in their late teens. And so I never got the chance to go to Haiti, but what was really great in terms of being able to live and grow up in these two cultures is that I ended up learning a lot about mm. appreciating different cultures, um, understanding and embracing that, and just looking at like, how, how, do, how do people think and live and, and whatnot? And so, and Montreal is, you know, I always refer Montreal as like the United Nations of Canada, because like, <laughs> yeah all sorts of like cultures and I grew up in that and so it sparked my curiosity and so when I finished and so I was traveling you know I backpacked Southeast Asia um, I've traveled certain parts of South America and Latin America and um, when I finished studying my BA and I was working at a bank for like five years one of the top banks I was like you know what like oh how old was I? I was I think I was 24 then and I thought you know what like I don't think my life is just working at the bank and living in Montreal. Like, I want to see the world. I want to know what it's like to live abroad. And so I quit my job, gave up my apartment, bought a one-way ticket, 
and left with two mm -hmm. luggage and I moved to Mexico and I was like this is the beginning <laughs> and moving to Mexico was was wonderful experience um you know a lot of people have stereotypes of of Mexico and I say like stuff those stereotypes because like people are super friendly they like invite you in um, but also like it's rich in culture and things that I'd never known about uh, rich in food so not like what you eat here in Australia right and so because of all of that exposure I was like wow like this is actually really impressive to see something that we're not often shown right we often overlook these kind of aspects because how wonderful mm. would it be if we actually spoke about those things and so then from Mexico I moved to China and in Beijing and so same thing right and mm. like you said earlier I speak languages but one of those languages is in Mandarin <laughs> and so I remember getting to, like arriving in Beijing and you know because they're not like Roman alphabets um, I got completely lost and it was the first time that I was like wow that's a real cultural shock because I have nothing to identify with and so that pushed me to actually learn Mandarin very quickly and so I remember um, I downloaded an app and so I was teaching English at the time to speakers whose, uh, in, whose language is not English yeah. and so um, I was I remember downloading this app and learning how to count from one to 100 in Mandarin. And I was doing it out loud. I had my headphones on and I was walking like to the train station, like speaking Mandarin out loud. And I could see people looking at me like, what is she doing? <laughs> but what was fantastic with that is, you know, I kept practicing like survival Mandarin, like how to ask for, how to order, how to ask for directions and whatnot. Yeah. But the part where I noticed that I had mastered the language, especially like as a real beginner, was when I was haggling for things <laughs> and I was like wow I'm having a total conversation right now with this person and I thought that's that's the that's the beauty of like just getting out of your comfort zone and whatnot and and learning a language because it's an open door to other people's lives and and culture and then moved to Australia and it was the same thing right it's an English-speaking country but I had a hard time understanding a lot of the expressions and the accents and I was like what what are people saying um, and so even that, like, again, you know, I had to learn expressions, I had to learn different things. So all of these are related to those wild dreams. They're all related to the fact that, like, I've always been curious of the unknown. And that's the thing that, like, makes me live, like, it's what I live for. It's the kind of meaningful life I want to live. And as part of that, it is also the reason why I became an entrepreneur, um, I knew I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. Like at the age of nine, I knew that like, yeah, I want to have my own business. I want to retire at 40. I don't know if retiring at 40 is going to work because like I've got four years left. <laughs> so, but, but it was the fact that like I had to learn now to go, right, now you can actually build something that you believe in. You can actually like executes on your vision and for me that vision is to be able to live in a world where there's better representation of people especially people who are overlooked and it's beyond just gender and race and ethnicity but it's looking at different aspects of people's lives and how that actually influences their decision making and how we use technology because when I had noticed that you know an AI so an artificial intelligence didn't recognize people like Serena Williams 
Oprah Winfrey or Michelle Obama, I was like, wow, like this does not astonish me because at the end of the day, if they're not recognizing it, it means that there aren't enough people who are in the process of designing and developing technology. And so that's how I founded Propel Innovations. It was to be able to illuminate those people's multifacets yeah. and that, you know, how we can actually drive a better way of targeting people and how we design the user experience of technology and products. So that, that's a fascinating um, um, area to be working in at the moment with, with you know, the, the, the latest um, um, AI, uh, XPT, and all the conversation that's going on around ethical use and, uh, and whatever. Um, but we're in, we're actually in another revolution. I mean, this is, I never thought really when, uh, you know, a few years ago that I'd actually see something you, you learned about all the different revolutions and then all of a sudden we're in one we have to, we have to recognize that and it is going faster than ever before so the user experience the the ux um design which is um a boutique style um of uh business that you have where you're illuminating the multifaceted capabilities of people um, in the design for, for tech and products. So tell us what that looks like. Give us a bit of an idea of if I said, Junie, I really need your help, and you said, well, Carrie, this is what I can do for you, all right? So yeah. give, give, yeah. give, our, give our listeners a bit of an idea. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so how I would how we start off is um, well, we first try to understand from your perspective, like what were you trying to build? And we ask you who are your customers? And as part of your customers, um, you know, we use our guide. So we've developed our guide called Beyond the Surface, mm -hmm. and it helps you to think about people you haven't thought of. So it goes through a series of questions. And through that, afterwards, we go ahead and we research about those people that you haven't thought of and provide you insights. So as part of the research is, you know, we do interviews. Um, we observe how people use your technology, and um, we also provide you insights and feedback on what they thought uh, your product provided them as a solution. And it's a repetitive process that you do in order to make sure that you get to that point where they're like, oh, this is the right solution for me. You've solved my problem. So, yeah, so that's the process that we do um, at Propel Innovations. Okay, and have you got have you got um, a process that's really um, front of front of mind at the moment that um, uh, you've been extremely happy with the outcome for, for for the client. Yeah. 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 So several times, and again, this is part of you know being a black woman, a migrant woman, um, having many like speaking many languages. Um, it's part of that is having that unique perspective into how you think and how you connect deeply with people. Yeah. So, say for instance, you know, um, one of our clients they had uh, they wanted to rebuild their website and they were coming from a background in not-for-profit where um, it was focusing on mental health and so as part of the process we looked at you know who were they targeting and so when they identified a geographical location we understood that this geographical location was predominantly uh, people who identify as Aboriginal or Indigenous, so First Nations. Mm -hmm. And so as part of, you know, the solution we were providing is we told or we recommended, we highly recommended that 
as part of their process and as part of providing their services, they would need to have culturally responsive ways of providing mental health services to people who identify as Indigenous. And so we asked them, so we told them, you know, you can connect with certain groups um, to work in partnership. Uh, another aspect was a platform. So there was a company who had a platform where they had their members and they were trying to understand why were people canceling constantly. And so we said, so then they, you know, they approached us and we went ahead and we did the user research. So again, discover who your members are, like what are some of the challenges, what are some of the motivations? And we discovered a few things such as, you know, one of them they were saying, one of the insights was that they felt that they lacked, they couldn't see themselves in some of the events that they were putting out. So they needed diversity in geographical location so that people who had accessibility needs and couldn't attend in person could actually participate. Um, there was another aspect around, you know, finding better ways to build relationships. And interestingly enough, as part of that, we actually, we actually discovered something in which that wasn't part of their assumption and that there was already a product that they were using that was competing with the platform. And so people oh. were like, we don't want to migrate like we want to stick to what we're known what we know and what we're familiar with and so knowing all of that meant then that we had to think differently so in other words their events now have a wider range of audience that they're targeting um and you know they focused on having a bit more of that diversity for that for these different groups of people um their platform as well has become much more engaged and they've seen an increase of engagement of 100% in 90 days and doubled their retention in wow. 90 days. And all of that because we spoke to their customers, we highlighted you know, the very aspects and unique perspectives that we provided and how that fit with the insights of their mm. members. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for those. I'm sure our listeners are really interested in, in this because the marketplace today um, is fairly cutthroat and we're very used to something that's um, we want quick answers we want a quick response we want quick answers um, we we like we like to know the people behind the brand so whether they resonate with our values um, so how did you get how did you get to actually put this company together um, the UX design how did you get to do that yeah, so how I founded, or why as well, I founded Propel Innovations. Um, so it was because I come from a very, like, very, I've, I've worked in various industries. So, yes. um, you know, I studied in public policy and management. Uh, I've worked in banking. I've lived abroad. I worked as a teacher. I've worked in events and hospitality and not-for-profit. And it was the, it was pretty much the mix of it all that allowed me to see the importance of understanding society and understanding people and understanding like their different identities and in society, but also like how everything interweaves and how like, you know, a lot of companies tend to not bridge the gap between what they're providing as a product and what and and people and, and people. And so uh, how I got into UX, well, I was looking at what's in technology and I'm not a technical person. <laughs> I've tried programming language because people were like, you speak so many languages, you'll get it. And I was like, yeah, I got it. I got a, I did a course and that was it for me. I was like, done. <laughs> I've gained the perspective and it's not for me. I'm more on the creative side. I'm more on the strategic side. 
And so user experience design was that element. And also why I liked it a lot was because it allowed me to connect with people. Mm. Uh, I'm someone who likes to connect with people. I love to understand people's stories. I love to understand the complexity around like how society impacts people and vice versa, right? People can also impact society. And I was like, well, if I've gotten all of this experience where I've worked in so many industries that were people driven, then why not bridge, not why not build Propel Innovations to be that gap that actually connects people and products and companies for them to better target people. And so again, right with that unique perspective, I thought, but then the added element is we can open doors to markets that are untapped, that people don't think about. They don't realize that there's so much money in let's say multicultural markets, like $75 billion in Australia alone, only in Australia. So imagine if we start looking at everywhere in the world, um, $40 billion of disposable income in Australia for like markets that are called excluded, but that's like, you know, seniors market, um, people with accessibility market, uh, geographical help, like you said, right? It's a way to be able to help to, to, to propel these businesses in recognizing mm. if you want to stand out of the market and be competitive, then you can come with us and we can actually highlight your customers' insights and give you that that push and that and, and put you in help you stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love it. It makes it totally makes sense. And I can see how all the different components of your life experience um are coming together. It's just just well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So if I said to you at the moment, are you reading anything that's um, really um, enthralling? It's really got your interest. Have you got anything that you'd share with our listeners about what you're reading? Yeah, that's interesting. I read a lot. So, so I'm always like reading something. But um, the recent book that I almost finished is um, is by David Sheen. So he was the first person who um, created a technology business and became like the first unicorn in Australia. And so um, his book uh, is called uh, The Dumbest Guy. Uh, yeah, The Dumbest Guy on the Table. I'm sure <laughs> I've got the title wrong. Um, so I'm really sorry, David Sheen, if you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, the Dumbest Guy at the Table. That's right. My memory, I just like, I was jogging my memory. The Dumbest Guy at the Table. And why I really like it, it's because it talks about the importance of people culture or company culture. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, people who are working with you in your business, they're people. And if you can't value people, then how do you expect your business to grow? And it resonated with me so much because I've actually had terrible work experiences that have made me realize how important and how much I want to be able to lead a company that cares about the people first. Uh, Um, If you can't care about those people first and don't acknowledge the value they bring in, then do not expect to be able to thrive as a business. And so the very fact that he talks about it and I just, I was like, yes, it validates like the leadership that I want to bring in Propel Innovations. And so I highly recommend it. It really gives you, it's an easy read. Um, it flows really well. Um, right. yeah, and I, yeah, highly recommended. Well, well done because um, 
I think um, I've been using a hashtag um, with a few people now and it's people are the profession. Yes. Lay down the there for me. Everything we do involves people. Yes, we have machinery, we've got technology, we've got a whole lot of stuff, but ultimately there are people. We're a person, we're, we're a human with our all our uh, stripes. Um, I, in a way, I call my children the, the licorice all sorts. So I think, think of the world as a, a massive bag of licorice all sorts and um, there's different colours, shapes, sizes, flavours, and but we we have some common in some common values. We've got beliefs and assumptions about things, and we've got difference. We've got that diversity of of culture of of um, how we grew, how we how we were educated or not educated, what our whole view on life is, and it's too rich to miss. So well done you. Thanks thanks for letting me ask you that because that was a, a question without notice, listeners. What what are we reading? What are we reading at the moment? Well, look, I um I'm just thinking now. I love to have the opportunity to say to my guests, is there something we should be saying in the conversation that we haven't said so far? Is there something that we should add to the conversation? Because you've given us some great. Um, personal thriving techniques and it's around your health and well-being for your cognitive your emotional and your physical uh, and I and I would add spiritual self so is there anything that we should add to the conversation um, that we haven't said it's a good question because as you were saying that I was like oh wow I feel like we've tapped on a lot I think um, well, I believe that one thing that I constantly hear people say there's always fear in what people want to do or what they can't do and so I'd like to you know highlight the fact that the moment you tell yourself I can't do that you're actually stopping yourself from doing it um, and so rather than saying I can't do that try by saying I'm going to try I want to try right start by saying I want to try and just try at the end of the day like even if you don't make it to the end maybe you'll just go you know what I tried and if anything it gives you a story to tell yes. if I was able to share so many stories just in this podcast it's because I've I dared to try um you know I and it's scary it, like don't get me wrong like I sound confident and whatnot and but it, the confidence was built from trying, from just walking through my fears and learning and realizing and reflecting, like reflect on it and recognize like, what is it that I've learned through this process? Can I do it again? What can I do better? So yeah, just start with changing the narrative that you tell in your own head by going from, I can't do it to, I want to try and then reflect on the process. Um, throughout your from throughout whatever thing that you decided to try oh, Jenny I I just love hearing everybody's different ways of looking at how they are going to complete something make a dream come true test themselves out um, and it's just it's it's just beautiful to be able to share that with everybody so I thank you thank you for adding that to it listeners if you've really enjoyed the conversation today with Jenny and I, and I doubt whether you wouldn't, that's, you know, I'm just a bit biased here. Um, 
we're going to put some show notes up. We're going to make sure that um, the offer for, for you to subscribe is a positive one so that you can share this and send it on to people. Make sure you don't miss out on any of our guests because they are sensational guests. They are ordinary guys and gals who are doing extraordinary things in life and work. Um, and that notion of thriving isn't easy every day. But I tell you what, when we put together all the different ways people see um, and act and alter their behaviour, um, it's magic. It gives us a whole range of options that we can try ourselves when we actually feel that we've got nothing else to try. So, um, Judy, thank you so much for your company today. I really enjoy it. This will be out in um, in, a, in, in a while. Um, but make sure that you tune into Thriving Matters podcast um, and share it out with people. The reason I say that is because we are all precious, our Thriving Matters, uh, especially for the generations that follow us, for the leaders, the entrepreneurs, the business people, the parents, the significant others in our life, whatever it is that we do in life and work, we are all precious. Junie, you've been a joy and good luck with the rest of the training. When's your next race? Oh, look, I haven't booked a race yet uh, because I need to sort out my body, uh, okay. get the injuries out of the way. But I've got um, Melbourne in mind, so at the end of the year and Geelong next year. Uh -huh. and, then, and then I'll do my full one by the end of 2024. So watch this space. <laughs> well done you. Well done you. Watch this space, definitely. Been an absolute joy to have you on today. All the best for sorting the body out. It's very important. Get the yeah. science behind it <laughs> and uh, do your best. Lovely to have you on today. Bye, everybody. Oh. Thanks for Thank your you company today. Thanks, Carrie. That was an awesome conversation. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 